Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We are digging into the digital revolution, what it means, where it's headed, where it's going, how we got here in some ways, and some of the tools that people are using to try to move forward into these crazy days of the digital economy and everything changing awfully fast. Our guest today is John Foley, who's the creator of the Cloud Database Report, longtime follower of the database market, and a great journalist covering this field and a good friend of mine for quite some time. John, welcome. Glad to have you on Cloud Wars Live. Hey, Bob. Thank you. It's good to be back. Um, it's spring here in the New York area. And uh, Bob, I got back to the gym um, a few days ago. So really looking forward to uh, to where we go from here. All right. And is where you're going with that, John, any, any triathlons in your future? Uh, well, you know, still trying to plan out the summer months here, um, get my legs underneath me, so to speak. So uh, let's talk about that the ne on the next one, maybe. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. I'm, I'm uh, giving you dodge it there, John. I'll probably come back at you unfairly on that a little bit later. But John, so many things going on. First, just to set the stage, I think uh, lots of people know you, but for those who are seeing you for the first time, John, give us a little quick overview of the Cloud Database Report and uh, just sort of touch on some of the highlights of what you're thinking about with that these days. Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. Uh, and uh, just to remind people um, that we launched the Cloud Database Report in February. So we're just a couple of months into this. Uh, the Cloud Database Report is what it sounds like. It's really focused on the cloud database market. My background, of course, is as a technology journalist and analyst. I've been um, in the database market for more than 20 years. I worked at Oracle and IBM and MongoDB. Um, and so, you know, there's so much going on here. This is what the cloud database report is all about. Uh, we have a new a newsletter, and I would encourage people to sign up. They can uh, get the uh, subscription form on cloud, the Cloud Wars website. Um, and, you know, since we talked about this on the last uh, podcast, Bob, um, I've talked uh, or had briefings with Oracle, Google Cloud, SAP, Cockroach Labs, Intersystems, Pinecone, um, Fauna, <clears throat> and, and just tomorrow I have a conversation with Datastax. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on. And I think um, we're going to get into a, a bit of that here. John, you mentioned uh, Google Cloud that you've talked with them. And certainly AWS is always a force in uh, anything having to do with data, databases, infrastructure, things like that. Um, you've got some interesting takes on what those two giants in the field are doing. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, I, I want to work that into the conversation here, but why don't we just start with AWS? They had their database modernization week uh, recently, um, several days of briefings. AWS talked about data volume growth, and it, it's really interesting. They said that data volumes are growing 10 times every five years. All right, so... Bob, you know, this is um, a favorite subject of mine, is the amount of data. Um, it's really a one-way street here. It just keeps growing and growing, um, you know, from tera terabytes to petabytes um, to exabytes and zettabytes. Um, IDC forecasts now global data uh, is in the um, zettabyte range. Um, this year, in, uh, it looks like 60 to 80 zettabytes. Um, so 
this is uh, about scale, elasticity. Um, it's about data environments and being able to manage all of this. And uh, so, you know, the, the state of the art and science just keeps, uh, just keeps improving and getting better, but the nature of the challenge just keeps growing. Yeah, and John, it sounds like it's one of those things that's going to feed each other as businesses get more of these tools that allow them to do more with data and make more use of it and make it a mainstream business tool rather than something that only a few sort of high priests are able to give access to, then that's going to spur the tech companies to keep cranking out bigger and better tools. As you said, the state of the art will improve. So it seems like there'll be this, you know, back and forth push here. And uh, it's hard to imagine, you know, a point at which, you know, the business customers say, ah, that's it. You know, I, I've got all the, the data capabilities I need here. No, that's, that's not going to happen. Uh, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about Snowflake uh, here, um, but that's one of the things that uh, Snowflake brings to the table, right, is um, ease of use and making um, data available to more, uh, uh, more people uh, within the business. Now, so... You know, data volume, AWS mentions that's growing. Then kind of uh, uh, tangential to that, but related. Uh, Google Cloud mentioned on their um, kind of wrap up for Q1 that they now have 7.5 million customers. But what was interesting to me is there's been a 3X increase in the number of uh, cloud customers they have uh, with a, a contract values of $250 million. And they now have several uh, customers uh, contracts in excess of a billion dollars. So, you know, this, uh, I don't think it's coincidental that more data is moving into the cloud. The databases are growing and the contract values are growing. Um, you know, this came up on Snowflake's uh, last uh, quarterly uh, uh, earnings call as well, where Frank Slootman um, noted that they had um, a dozen customers with 12-month uh, trailing revenue of $5 million. Mm -hmm. And Slootman made the point that as the, con as the deal sizes get bigger, that it becomes a CEO-level conversation, mm -hmm. right? So it's not an, just an IT or developer conversation anymore. It really is a business conversation. And Slootman said that um, it requires industry context and it's an outcome-oriented conversation. So, you know, it, you start with growing data volume, but very quickly it becomes like the business discussion. John, I thought it was interesting, you know, you, you, you bring that up because uh, Slootman, he's been around, he's, he gets this sort of thing. He drove ServiceNow through some of its high growth years. So I think he's really planting the seeds here, right? And I, I thought it was uh, fascinating in that Q1 earnings call or Q4 earnings call for them that he made the distinction. He said, look, we love CIOs. We always will. He said very often their focus is on IT modernization. And he said, we can do that. It's a wonderful thing. But the higher level conversations, John, as you point out, he said, rising up to the CEO level, where he said, talking about how do we become an entirely different sort of business and the business transformation driven by this broader, deeper, richer access to data. And so, John, I think, uh, you know, as you know, we recently added Snowflake onto the Cloud Wars top 10. And e even though it's uh, revenue and the total volume of sales for the company right now is, you know, way, way, way below 
any of the others, it just seems they're forcing a lot of the big companies whose names you've mentioned, as well as some others, they're forcing them to rethink, it seems, how they bring these data oriented, whether it's a database, data lake, data access, data migration, all of those things, they're forcing the bigger companies to uh, reimagine how they articulate the value of that to customers. Is that does that seem fair to you? Oh, Bob, for sure. Uh, can I give an example of that? So <clears throat> I think about Snowflake and not everyone will love this comparison, but like the Robin Hood of cloud databases. Okay. So you get the idea, right? Like, so Robin Hood uh, is known in the world of, um, of, uh, of finance and, and stock trading uh, for its innovation and ease of use. Uh, you know, um, things got a little complicated there recently, but I mean, that's how they made their way into the space. Mm -hmm. Innovation, ease of use. Now, this is what Snowflake is doing as well. So it wasn't coincidental that Oracle um, a few weeks ago announced that the latest update to the, um, uh, auto the Oracle Autonomous Data Warehouse, their uh, you know, one of their primary use cases is for what they call citizen data scientists. So what this means is that they're trying to take um, data engineering and data science um, out of the role of specialists and make it more uh, widespread within businesses. And so there's a, um, a, a much larger group of, of employees um, who would fit that description as a citizen data scientist. They're, uh, you know, they understand um, how to um, work with data and how to pull data sets together. And so Oracle now with their latest update um, is targeting that group of users. And I think Snowflake is doing the same thing, which is uh, just make, putting data into the hands of more people and making it more usable. And uh, so, you know, when a CEO hears about that, they see the business implications. And um, so this gets back to your point, Bob, which is that Snowflake is uh, kind of um, becoming um, a forcing function um, in, uh, in the world of uh, cloud databases and data management. John, uh, you know, to go from a small disruptive company to a large disruptive company from Snowflake to AWS, you mentioned a, a few minutes ago about uh, what was it there? Was it uh, database migration week? Uh, well, it, yeah. Um, so AWS had a database modernization, week. modernization but sorry. the thing, but you're, but you're right that um, migration is um, really becoming a central part of the conversation because so this is how cloud databases are built. You have to get the data into the cloud, right? And one of the things I'd like to talk uh, about here is that that is more, uh, can be more complicated than it sounds. Um, you know, uh, the, the working headline I have for this, uh, for this little conversation here is, will your next uh, database migration project be one click or one year? <laughs> uh, right, because you hear both. Uh -huh. uh, you hear about one-click uh, data migration tools uh, make it very easy, something that can happen in a, in an hour or a few hours. But then, when you really get into it and you start talking to people about these uh, database migration projects, they tend to be weeks or months 
or in some cases, even years. Um, and that was, um, yeah, that was one of the uh, things that came up um, at AWS is they had migrated their own um, uh, 7,500 of their own databases from Oracle, um, Oracle's database software to AWS's own databases. And that was a two year undertaking. So that kind of gives you an idea, you know, these, um, yeah, you can, you can move a data set or a single uh, database maybe in a few days. But when you're talking about an overall, what's sometimes called the data estate, um, you, know, um, you know, a whole collection of databases that kind of span the enterprise, um, you can easily be, be talking um, uh, a couple of years worth of work. John, the, since we've touched on Snowflake here some, I want to come back to, again, their most recent earnings call. And one of the things that their uh, Slootman, the CEO, touched on a little, but the CFO dug into this pretty good, where he said that he said, you know, we can get a customer all signed up. But he said, our revenue is based on consumption. So say we get somebody signed up January 1st, we don't really start to get to the consumption part until July, because he said, there's often a six month data migration project there. And he said, we can certainly help with that. But until they get everything, as you've just described, John, up and into the cloud, in this case, you know, the uh, Snowflake data cloud, he said, the, the meter doesn't come on for the revenue for Snowflake until then. So um, even this disruptor coming in with, you know, some of the best tools and purpose built to do these sorts of migrations, it's at least six months. So uh, John, these, these timeframes, right? We'd all like to snap our fingers and we've got all the advantage of the great new technology, but as you've described, this is a, this is a long, hard process. Well, so let's stick with the example you just gave, Bob, because um, I, also listened to that call with Frank Slootman. And I thought there were some really interesting takeaways there. So as you said, six months or longer for a database migration, they said. Um, also, the, the, the way that they described these migrations, the terms that they used were they're lengthy, expensive, risky, and um, Frank Slootman said customers are leery of them. <laughs> Um, so, you know, uh, that's one side of the story. I guess you could say that's kind of like um, the heavy lift. Um, and I think it's important that we keep that in mind. Now, Google Cloud um, recently announced a database migration service um, uh, that it described as a one-click experience. Okay, so this is the other side. This is kind of like the ease of use. Now, how can it how can we be having a conversation about data migration on the one hand it's one click and takes a few hours on the other hand it's six plus months and it's um you know it's lengthy expensive and risky so there are a number there are a bunch of variables or factors that can come in here one is uh if you're moving a, a database in what's called a, a homogeneous environment or or same to same right so if you're moving um, an Oracle database on-premises to an Oracle database in the cloud, that's an easier migration. Um, if you're switching platforms um, at the same time that you're going from on-premises to the cloud, it gets more complicated. And then, of course, 
there's this whole discussion of workloads. Is it structured, semi-structured, unstructured? Um, the size of the data set, um, the uh, applications that surround it and the tools that are used for it. Hey, John, that's a great point. I want to come back to that in a second. But first, a word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets, where automation is paramount yet effortless, and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash A game. I had an interesting conversation with um, uh, Teradata SVP uh, Ashish uh, Yannick um, recently, and we talked about this. And he made the point that, so data, may, data migration may take from one to four days. Okay, if you're just talking um, a, a, a single database, um, you know, moving from on-premises to the cloud. But he said that, uh, a, a workload migration may take one to four months. Okay, so the data migration may take one to four days. The workload migration may, to, may take one to four months. And the overall estate moving that may take um, 24 to 36 months. So uh, I think that um, the, um, the CIOs um, that are maybe listening to us, this, uh, they're, they're aware of this, right? But I think more broadly, as more people get into the discussion of uh, data management in the cloud, uh, they need to keep that in mind that, um, you know, one click um, experience does apply um, to the simplest scenarios. Um, but in enterprise IT, um, things can get deeper and more complicated quickly. So, John, that, as you were describing that and the different language that's used to describe these different uh, functions that are going on, these different steps in the overall transition, I thought of, uh, I remember, uh, you know, for some time talking to CIOs, they were uh, their their biggest, uh, what do you call it, not their biggest enemy, but close to their biggest enemy in the world where uh, <laughs> on airplanes, the in-flight magazines, because they'd always say, oh yeah, you know, my boss was on, you know, an airplane, he saw in one of these, you know, backseat magazines, a real light article about technology said, oh, you can do this just by doing, you know, A, B, and C. And then, you know, the CEO would come back to the CIO and throw this article on that desk and hey, they said you can do it in 48 hours. Why can't you do this? So perhaps, John, there's some, you know, CEOs or business leaders are coming to the CEO and saying, hey, I read you can do this one click, one hour, we're all done. You know, why are you telling me this is going to take 12 to 18 months? Yeah, well, look, I, I don't want to be unfair to um, a Google Cloud team um, for talking about the one click experience, because it's true. You can do that in one click. If you see the uh, Google Cloud's uh, most recent uh, database migration service, um, is really for two platforms right now, MySQL and Postgres. Um, and then later they will have a Microsoft SQL Server. And then, you know, you could kind of anticipate that Oracle might come after that. So if it's um, if it's like-to-like -like database migration, if it's a relatively small database, then that's an easier project to handle. But yeah, um, as you know, we've been saying, it gets, it gets, um, it gets more complicated and, uh, I do want to talk about that because 
the, these large databases, I mean, it's incredible to think about um, how you get data into these clouds. So Bob, we've all heard about Snowflake. Um, uh, now, what about Snowball and Snow Cone and Snowmobile? Um, now, those are um, products that uh, AWS uh, announced. Andy Jassy actually announced a few years ago. And those are tools that AWS makes available for uh, data migration. So let me start with um, Snowmobile, which is my favorite. So Snowmobile is an 18-wheeler. It's a, it's, a, it's a container, um, you know, like... Um, uh, you know, a tractor trailer, 18 wheels that they back up to your data center and, um, and upload um, 100 petabytes at a time. So, and then this tractor trailer drives over to the Amazon data, um, data center and unloads the data. It takes two weeks, okay, for uh, 100 petabytes. Now, it's pretty amazing, right, to think that we're using 18 wheelers going down the road with, um, you know, with kind of like a security vehicle trailing uh, to get your data from point A to point B. So John, uh, this is a, in this container you mentioned, we are not talking in the Kubernetes category, right? This is a, a big metal box on a 18 wheeler. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting because I was reading uh, some reviews about how this platform works and generally they're positive, you know, people, people like it, but one of the, you know, concerns was a flat tire. So, you know, so th this is the world of, uh, you know, very large databases. Uh, and Andy Jassy said that there's a surprising number of customers in the world that actually have exabyte Databases. So let's say you have an exabyte database, which um, is a thousand petabytes, and and the and the snowmobile can handle a hundred at a time. So you have ten trips to move an exabyte, right? Ten back and forth trips to move that much data. And uh, interestingly, if you do the math there, um, ten times two weeks is uh, twenty weeks. That's actually less time than Frank Slootman was saying it takes to move data uh, in a six-month project. So um, big data sets, uh, big challenge in, in moving this data. Now, but just think about this. So AWS also has Snowball and Snowcone, which are smaller footprint ways to move data. Now, the Snowcone, they describe as something that you can put in a backpack or even carry by drone. All right. So uh, these are, you know, you don't really think about this when you're thinking about data migration, right? Putting your data into the backpack and marching it, um, you know, across the mountain a trail and over to the data center. So data migration is fascinating. Um, and uh, it's something that, you know, that everyone needs to think about as they as they you know come up with these strategies for cloud databases. So John, we've all probably at one point or another had an external hard drive in our backpack. So that doesn't seem so foreign, but you're saying that part of the snow cone service is you get a, a, a hard drive and you know attach it to a drone 
and send it by drone? That's part of the service? Well, no, that, that's uh, AWS doesn't provide uh, the drone transportation. They're saying that they're, um, that the snowball or the snow cone is, is of a size. It's, it's about four and a half pounds. It's less than five pounds that it can be carried in a backpack or um, by drone, um, okay. you know, depending on what the user does. Um, because, um, you know, a, a lot of the vendors now uh, have strategies for these edge solutions, right? You have data. Um, it could be uh, maritime. It could be out on a ship. Yeah. Um, it could be, um, you know, military out in the field. Um, so you have data um, in faraway places, and then you need to get that data into your data into your cloud data center. Okay, I, I John, sorry, I wasn't trying to kid around there or anything, but when you mentioned that, uh, you know, the the eighteen wheelers and some people are doing that, I thought that uh, you know for the right sized package, the drones, uh, you know, uh, things that we thought not so long ago. Well, that's just that's absurd. That's that'll never happen. But then it does happen. You and, can easily uh, you can easily yeah. imagine that being a real service. Yes. And the way that certain technologies are evolving, somebody might said, you know, it's it's faster and safer than you know these these trips in the eighteen wheels where a flat tire is certainly possible. So, now, John, that 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 is that's wild. That is wild. Do we talk about bigger and bigger pipes, five G? You know, they'll be able to handle it. It'll change everything. But still, there are times when the old ways of doing stuff like an 18 wheeler is the right way to go. And it sounds also, John, like what you're, uh, you know, part of what you're describing here is there's going to be a lot of companies that for whatever reason, whether it's security, regulatory issues, data sovereignty issues, they're going to keep a lot of stuff in their on-premises systems. Well, right. And that is the world of hybrid clouds, right? So uh, this, uh, you know, this issue of, um, of, of architecture and planning how to, uh, you know, how to get from the world of on-premises uh, um, data centers to cloud databases means that hybrid clouds uh, will be um, the answer for many businesses for years. And this is why we see, uh, you know, so much activity around, um, uh, hybrid clouds. Uh, Teradata uh, made the point in our conversation that um, hybrid databases de-risk um, data migration. Um, so, you know, it, you can kind of go at your own pace. Um, you can have backup strategies. Um, and so we're seeing, uh, you know, virtually all of the vendors, including the cloud native vendors, um, with, you know, with hybrid strategies, you know, Google Cloud has Anthos, uh, AWS has its own um, hybrid solutions, uh, really all of the vendors do. Um, uh, you know, IBM um, is a company that uh, is um, probably making one of the biggest bets and biggest plays in hybrid cloud, both with their um, a Red Hat acquisition, um, and then also, you know, with um, just this week, they announced um, the you know the spinoff um, of a global technology uh, of global technology services, which is uh, newly called Kindrel, and Kindrel is all about um, managing IT infrastructure. And you know, so I'm, you know, I haven't talked to IBM about this, 
but you know, I think it seems obvious that that is also part of a hybrid solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, you had some thoughts too about this, uh, the fact that IBM spun out this part of the business and that it isn't some, you know, sort of oddball collection of things. This is a, a Kindrel is a massive organization right now, pointing to the fact that IBM thinks there's going to be tons of work in the on-premises world to, for some time to come. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, you know, so I, I think it's it's an open question as to how much of Kindrel's work is a public cloud and, and how much private cloud um, or on, on-premises cloud environments. Uh, I, I'm sure that it's, uh, that it's some of both, um, but Kindrel is 90,000 employees, you know, and a $19 billion business um, it hasn't been, um, you know, officially spun out from IBM just yet. They're preparing to do that sometime this year. Um, but I think it does speak to this world of um, enterprise technology um, and that it's not as simple as just, um, you know, turning everything over to a public cloud vendor. Um, you know, the biggest companies with the most mission critical applications, many of them will continue to run these, these hybrid environments. Yeah. So John, a minute ago too, you had, uh, you know, talked about with some of your ongoing work at cloud database report, and you mentioned a a list of the companies you've spoken with. Some are very, very well-known companies or you see lots and lots about them, whether it's a small, but high growth company like Snowflake to, AWS, Oracle, SAP, you know, some of the others you mentioned, but there's also a handful in there that you mentioned that are um, not so well known. And I wonder if, can you just take a minute and touch on a couple of the interesting things you've learned from some companies, you know, whether that's cockroach, pine cone, or some of the other less well-known cloud database vendors. Sure, Bob. And I think that um, at some point here, we may want to just carve out a whole podcast just to talk about, uh, kind of the newcomers into the cloud database market. One of the companies I talked to was Fauna. Um, and Fauna makes, um, like they have a, an underlying database, but they talk about, they don't talk about that. They talk about the API, a data API. Um, and see, that um, gets back to a point that you and I have talked about before, which is that in some respects, uh, the data platform, the database platform, and the data environment um, really rise up, uh, um, you know, more quickly than just focusing on relational databases or NoSQL databases. Um, and Fauna is an example of that. It um, really um, speaks more to simplifying uh, the development experience to working against a database. You know, Snowflake. You know. The, you know, they're very well known, but they don't really talk about the date, the underlying databases, a database that they use either. It's, it's, a, it's a data environment. So you, you see this, you know, in many different flavors, um, you know, uh, you know, InterSystems is a, is a company that is um, been around for years. You know, they, um, I think InterSystems has been around for 40 years, um, but they're, they're part of the conversation as well. Um, they really grew out of the um, hospital and um, medical 
industry. So they have deep expertise there and, um, you know, proven technologies and, and they're, they're expanding into in, new spaces as well. And one of the things I talked to them about was this concept of a data fabric. So they're very good at being able to pull in data from many different sources. And once again, uh, this becomes critical because, um, you know, it's generally not the case that in the world of data, you're going just from point A to point B. You may have thousands or millions um, of data of data inputs and sources. Um, this is the world of IoT and um, edge to, edge computing. So the data fabric and expertise in uh, that um, in 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 working with data from many sources becomes really uh, very valuable. John, it's fascinating, right? As the you know the digital economy unfolds, and every company wants to become a data-driven company, um, we they can have these aspirations and goals, but somehow they've got to build these foundations that you're describing here to be able to do that. And uh, how would you sort of rate the progress, John, of where you see things coming along here? Well, so um, you know, it's. Uh, it's really interesting to watch how the pieces are coming together. So one of the other key developments over the last few weeks has been that um, Databricks and Google Cloud formally announced, um, you know, that data, the Databricks technology will run on Google Cloud. This is something they indicated that they were going to do, and the formal announcement was made. Now, Databricks is available on Google, on uh, Microsoft Azure, and on AWS. So this, uh, um, what are the benefits of that? Well, so it's, it's uh, increased integration means lower complexity um, in a world where of data science and data engineering. And uh, this is just another proof point in what we've been talking about with these uh, data platforms and database platforms. Um, and you know, you can say that some of these companies are going to compete with each other, but more important than that is the way that um, the the underlying technologies are coming together in an integrated fashion. So, um, I think it really uh, makes the de you know the decisions easier as to um, how to build modern data management environments. You can actually. Uh, you don't have to choose whether to go with Google or Microsoft or AWS or another um, public cloud vendor. You can use them all. Multi-cloud hybrid and data platforms are really the direction things are going. And they are uh, coming together very quickly, I would say. All right. All right. Well, John, before we, uh, before we wrap up, is there any final points you wanted to make? Well, let's see, Bob. Uh, I would say that um, uh, if I talk to you in a month or a few months, we can still talk about uh, the growing data volumes, right? As I said before, it's a one-way street. So I'm always on the lookout for these um, petabyte and exabyte uh, scenarios, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, as I've said before, uh, the world of data tends to uh, be a, a one that uh, advances exponentially, 10x, 100x, 1,000x. So uh, I'm sure that we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about the next iterations of the data platforms. 
Um, and I would just uh, invite uh, all of your listeners, Bob, to um, to reach out and um, let me know what's what's going on in your part of the world, either uh, as a database uh, platform provider or as a user, um, because you know we're just really would like um, to invite everyone to be part of the conversation. How does somebody reach you, John? Well, so um, I can be found most easily on the Cloud Wars website. Um, so, um, you know, um, my contact info is there and you can subscribe to the Cloud Database Report there. And my email address um, is jfoley09 at gmail. So uh, anyone should feel free to, uh, to email me directly. All right, John. Well, thank you. Uh, always a pleasure to hear from you. And uh, uh, I, I'm still, my head's still spinning a little bit about the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the database migration via 18 wheelers and perhaps even drones. Yeah, I know that we, you know, I, that's my favorite stuff to talk about, Bob. So we'll, we'll you know, you haven't heard the last of the, um, of, um, of the 18 wheeler stories. As I say, that's, that's where the rubber hits the road when it comes to uh, data migration. John, well said. Thanks very much, John. Okay, and, take care, Bob. Thank you. All right. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. We hope that, uh, you know, there's a perhaps an 18-wheeler in your future, a drone, who knows? And John, very likely next month, will have some additional insights for us in the latest things going on here with cloud databases and the crazy world of data management. Thanks for being with us. See you soon.